um, download, and you can actually read. And there's a couple of translations. There's even Afrikaans translation on it for all the Afrikaans people. It, it's very strange. The more I preach in English, the more Afrikaans people come. <laughs> can we do a census? Just all the Afrikaans people, would you put up your hands, please? Look at that! Um, I've got bad news for you, though. I cannot preach in Afrikaans. I, I'm an English Christian. <laughs> All right. So in Luke 2, Luke was a historian. So Luke, did a, he did a lot of research. He's got a couple of things in his books that you don't necessarily find in the other books. Um, that doesn't mean the other guys are wrong. Luke is just a historian. And the book of Luke actually is one of the biggest historical books, even in the his, historian society. They take the book of Luke and say, look, this guy's stuff is very, very good. So in Micah 2, uh, Micah 5 verse 2, the prophet Micah prophesies about the birth of Jesus. He says, in Bethlehem there will be a baby. And he prophesies, and that's about 700 years before the birth of Jesus. 700 years it gets prophesied. So just walk with me yeah. If God is in control, and God is all-powerful, do you think 700 years is enough time for him to orchestrate exactly what he wants to happen at the birth of his son. Am I right? I mean, 700 years, even most of us can plan something to the T. And we're not even, you're following what I'm saying. So, God gets Mary from a city of Bethany to travel to Bethlehem, because the prophecy said the baby will be born in Bethlehem. Does that make sense? God orchestrates a census. Herod had a census so that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. At the same time, I want you to understand this. The culture of the day and the ferocity of the king, he was killing the babies, all male babies aged two and young, sorry, younger, was being killed. Killed. It was prophesied. And that was what was happening because this king was scared that a little baby will take over his kingdom. How insecure can you be? It makes me think of these muscle guys, but are they this big? These yeah. look like they're really big muscles, but they got to scream in the gym. They have to. Yeah, yeah, Everybody look at me. I can pick up this weight. You know? Can somebody so big be so small? That was a joke. <laughs> I'm going I'm to get my boards out. Laugh now. <laughs> okay, so God orchestrated the birth of Jesus. Over the spirit of time, and he, it is exactly the way he wanted it. Why? The title of the message is, When Love Sees You. What does it do? When love sees you. I want you to get this. I want you, somebody needs to hear this morning. The Lord sees you. 
The Lord sees you. When love looks and he sees you, he does something. Love is not passive. It's an active thing. Ask all the husbands when they are in the dog box. Okay? It's because they've been passive in their love. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't. <laughs> Chantel always jokes. She says, Ons het hevelijksprobleme. Nee. Hevelik dit te en hevelik dit te en hevelik dit te. So for the English people, that means you've got marriage problems and you want something done here and you want something, the missus wants something done there and there and there in different places. Okay, so, when love sees you, it does something. So I, I remember one of the Christmases when growing up, I was about nine or ten years old, staying with my dad at that time, and the one thing that I wanted for Christmas, who's got that one thing that they want for Christmas? Normally kids, they got that one thing, was a radio control car. You know, I think every little boy somewhere grows up wanting a little radio control. Not the one with the wire. <laughs> you know, I, don't want the one, I don't want the one with the wire. I want the one I can stand and turn around and come back. So this Christmas comes, and today I can understand it a little bit more. My dad bought me plastic toys. And I'm like, no. And it's just like toys for a six-year-old or a five-year-old. Yes, and I was unhappy. Eh? I was so unhappy. And I understand today why, because I broke everything, you know. <laughs> I can see him standing in the shop. I'm not buying him a radio control car. He's just going to break the thing. I'm going to buy him some plastic stuff. He can break that. I can understand that. But at the same time, my cousin got exactly what I wanted. Exactly got this radio control car that could go up and down. What happened in my heart? <laughs> I became so mad at my dad and my stepmom and I, at my cousin. I was like envious. Like, I want that thing. Do I, do, am I playing with my plastic toys? No. No. It's because I was deprived of something. I was deprived of something. Here's the thing. We are being deprived of some stuff right now in our lives. Who's battling with running water? How does it make you feel when you open that tap and it goes... <laughs> you're deprived of running water and it upsets you. See, when love sees you, it does something. But we cannot talk about what we've been deprived of and not talk about our depravity. Deprived means I'm lacking in something. Depravity is I lack something. We cannot talk about it. He, God sees you and I. He sees us and He does something. When love sees you, He does something. He prophesies a birth of a baby 700 years later. And this is where our text is. Let's read this together in Luke 2. It says, I'm reading from verse 1, and I want to read to verse 16 because there are three times the word manger is used, and I want to focus on that this morning. Okay. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that in the world shall be registered. The census first took place while that guy was governing. Syria, so all went to 
register everyone in his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into sorry, <coughs> into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the place of bread. So it's important for where we're going. The place of bread. Because he was of the house of the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. She was pregnant. So it was while they were there that the days were completed for her to be delivered. Okay? And she brought forth her firstborn and wrapped him in swaddling cloths. Swaddling cloths? She wrapped the baby. All the babies were wrapped like that. Nothing spectacular. Like swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Now that word manger, in Afrikaans say le krip. Okay. It was carved out of stone. It was made for food, for cattle. Can you see the slobbering cow? Have you seen a cow eat? No? You've seen the, he's lying in there. Not the most hygienic Yes, mom and dad would probably cleaned it out, but they didn't have sanitizer. Okay. And this, there was no running water. And they were staying in the stall and not in the inn. They weren't in a room, like the upper room, they, because there was no place. We all know that. There was no place. You think, oh, how bad is it? No, no, no. The father planned this to the T. He wanted his son to be born in a lowly place. He didn't want to come as a fancy king. He came to a lowly place. Why? Because that's where we live. You see, none of us, when we're normal, just in case you're normal, half normal, think that when we go down, the world is in darkness. Most of us fight a low self-esteem. Most of us put on the mask of we're making it. But most of us know we are fighting a battle and we're struggling and we not really feel that we are worthy of God's presence. Because our sin keeps on jumping in front of us. And we've got an enemy that keeps on reminding us, you're no good. You don't have what it takes. Look at your crooked nose and your skewed toes. You know? He's got an enemy that keeps on saying that. Your hair is not straight enough. Your hair is not curly enough. You're not beautiful enough. You're too beautiful. No one's going to listen to you. See, he brought his son in a lowly place. Because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. I think I'll also be afraid when there's a lot of angels going about. Then the angel said to him, Behold, do not be afraid, for behold, I will bring you good tidings with great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, all the babies were wrapped like that. The sign that this is the Messiah, that this is the King, these are the angels telling the shepherds, is He will be lying in a manger. He'll be lying in a little crib where 
animals eat. And suddenly there was a with and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on the earth, goodwill towards men. So it was with when the angels had gone away from them into the heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to the place of bread, Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph, the baby lying in a manger. Can you, Luke is writing here. Obviously, he's saying, I want you to pay attention. Why would he use in such short space the word manger, manger, manger? They could have just said, he found the, they found the baby as was said by the angels. Are you following? But yet the word manger, because it's a crib. You see, when love sees you, he sees our depravity. He sees that we are not, let me put it this way, the Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. I want, to, I want you to look at your neighbor. Just look at the person next to you. Just look at that person. They're looking very nice today. They're moy, shaved, bathed. They put some bart willy. You know, they're looking good after shave. But they fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us falls short of the glory of God. When love sees you, he does something. He says, I will send my baby, my son as a baby, and I'll have him sleep in a manger. Now, this manger is important. Because first of all, the manger is where the cattle's food went in. So when you look at a manger, the picture that you need to see is what gets put in a manger is food. So I just want to know all the ladies, who's got something in the oven? Nobody? Yes, times have changed. That's so good. There's some, some stuff in the oven. You know, it's like something's got to go in the oven or the slow cooker on a Sunday morning, you know, on a Christmas morning. That's just tradition. In, huh? Low cheating. Yes. <laughs> yes, do we got an esco? No. <laughs> so, but if you eat now, if you're going to eat lunch this afternoon, and I know we all do it, or at least I do it, you have to like undo the belt, you know, because you just overindulge that little bit because it's, it's nice. Am I right? We eat until we're like full up to, yeah. <laughs> and tomorrow morning, guess what? You're hungry again. That's the thing about hunger. Hunger never gets satisfied. It, it's a temporary solution all the time. We have to eat all the time. Yet Jesus says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. filled. You see, he says, if we eat, you see, what happens in the natural is the representation of the spiritual. Yet, if we seek food that don't fill our spirit, we're going to keep on seeking that food. So when we look at the manger, we can find satisfaction for our hunger. It's not talking about your physical hunger. It's a spiritual hunger. Jesus says, I am the bread of heaven that came down to earth. I'm the bread of heaven that came down to earth. He's born in the place of bread, Bethlehem. 
It's, there's significance in the manger that you and I have got a hunger in the inside that needs to be filled. That hunger is for God. There's something that we crave for. There's something. If you look, he says, if you look at me, I will satisfy that need. Later on, Jesus comes and does a couple of miracles. It's beautiful, beautiful. And he takes the five loaves and the two fishes. And they feed 5,000 people. There's 12 baskets of little pieces left over. You see, the five and the two is the five laws on two tablets. That is enough food for 12 tribes that's remaining. Jesus says, I am enough. I can feed the hunger that is in you when you just look at the manger. Look at the little baby in the manger. Look at the king that's lying there. We've been to baby showers. Eh? We've been there. Who's been to baby showers? All the mana avoid it. <laughs> we just avoid it. But no one goes there and worships the baby. They take a gift there. But no one brings gold and worship the baby. You see, when we go to the manger, we have to worship the king. He will satisfy the need and the inside. See, when love sees you, he does something. Okay. Perspective of our pursuits. You see, when we look at the manger, it gives perspective of our pursuits. Because of our depravity, we've got pursuits that are maybe not as healthy as it should be. Some people are business people for the complete wrong reason. They want to have so much money and they want to live in such a good place and there's nothing wrong with wealth and riches. Please, I'll bless you with that. But if it is to fill the void in the inside, now I've got perspective of my pursuits. You see, it's good to pursue success. It's good to work hard. God wants you to be prosperous. He says that in Psalm 1. Whatever your hand puts, it will prosper. That you may prosper even as your soul prospers. God blessed Adam and Eve in Genesis. And that word blessed is to prosper. He wants you to have abundance. And I'm not giving you a prosperity gospel. We have got an abundant God. Why would he put a flower on the top of Mount Everest? Who's going to see it? It's because he is abundant. That's why. Why would he put flowers at the, the depth of the ocean? It's only scuba divers that go there. But before we had that technology, who would see that? When he didn't have the technology to dive that deep, who would see that? God is a God of abundance. He's, he's taken so he's done so much. Every morning the sunrise is different. The snowflakes are different. Fingerprints are different. There's not one copy of you or the next person. God is abundant. So he wants you to have abundance, but he doesn't want that abundance to have you. Are you following? He doesn't want the abundance to grab you and say, oh, my identity is determined by my bank account. And it goes both ways. I've seen rich people being arrogant because their bank account says, you've made it. 
And I've seen poor people being absolutely broken because their bank account says, you're a loser. She mustn't have you. This must tell you who you are and give you identity. The baby in the manger tells you. You see, because why? He's the one that sees and does something. When love sees you and he sees the depravity, he does something. He did something. He said, I'm going to send my son and we're going to complete. We're going to fill and fill the depravity on the inside. You see, because my, hab my habits, my habits become my pursuit. My dad was a hardworking man. I loved my dad very, very much. Six foot seven, giant, could pick up a car's engine like this. Really. It's like it's written. Like it, you can write stories about men that strong. You could take an engine and put it there. But my dad had a certain habit that became the pursuit of his life. That destroyed him, his future, his finances, and all his relationships. And that pursuit was alcohol. You see, it brings into perspective. Why? Because there was hurt on the inside of the man. There was hurt inside you. And he didn't want to deal with that. He didn't want to face that hurt. He didn't want to look to the baby in the manger that says, I can heal you. I can set you free. I can deliver you. I am the bread of life. I am the healer. In Isaiah 61, it says that he binds up the brokenhearted. He takes captive that which holds us captive. Some people, the thing that's got them captive is exercising. They exercise so hard. It's become a religion to them. They can't miss a day. Everything is about that. It's good to exercise. It's good to look after the temple. It's good to be healthy. But it's got them so captive. It gives them identity. God says, I take that which takes you captive, captive and remove it off of you so that you can be free. It's the good and acceptable year of the Lord. To declare good news, freedom to the poor. Does it mean the, those that don't have money? No, the poor of spirit. Those that say, but I have got a lack. I have got depravity. I need something. I hope I'm not the only person in this boat that needs something from God. That fights certain battles. That lack some stuff in my inside. I hope I'm not the only one that needs to go to this baby in the manger and say, this is my feeding place. Rest for my weariness. When we look at the manger, it gives rest for my weariness. You see, have you seen animals that are hungry? Have you seen? They walk very calmly. They run. They trample each other. Sheep will headbutt because they want the food. This is where we live. We live in a world where people are so hungry, they trample over each and every one. They will, it will be nothing to belittle you, to skin it about you, to steal a deal from you. It'll, it means nothing to, to lie and backstab. It's a people, it's a generation that is hungry 
Yet the baby sleeps in the manger, the place where they feed. You see, the disciples, they're on the boat. Remember that storm? If you didn't, there's a story you can go read in the Gospels. There was a storm. The disciples are on the boat, and Jesus is sleeping in the storm. He's got peace. He has got peace in the middle of your storm. When we look at the baby in the manger. See, when love sees you, he sees the depravity in us. And he does something. He says, I will pay the price for you. I'll send my son. And I will be specific about it. I'll be prophetic about it. I'll put him in a manger so that you can see I come from a low place and not a high place. God doesn't come from this place where he condemns us and pushes us down. Yes, he is righteous. Yes, he has standards. But he says, I'm coming to your level. And it what meant nothing for him to leave his throne. He didn't count it as a big thing to leave his throne and to become human like us. He came down to our level because he understands where we are at. And he knows that none of us are going to take it from the top. We want somebody that can walk in our shoes and say, I understand what you're going through. We want somebody that can say, walk in our shoes and say, I've been down that road. I know the temptation that you face. And I am the answer. This is our Father. You see, when love sees us and he sees our depravity, he says, and the biggest part is that you are fallen. As mankind, we need a Savior. And we need to eat of the bread of life. We need our names written in the book of life. We need to be saved. When love sees us, he does something to save us. Would you please close your eyes as we sit here this morning? Maybe you have done this. Maybe you've never done this. Maybe you, you, maybe you say, but I follow a Christian lifestyle. Or I, I lean towards Christianity. But I have never, ever made the baby in the manger my king, my Lord, and my salvation. Would you please close your eyes, bow your heads. And we pray together. It's a very easy prayer, and you just pray it with us this morning if you want to. It's, Dear Lord Jesus, this morning I come with all my depravity. And say, I need a Savior. I need you to fill my hunger. I need your peace and I need your perspective. Would you be my God? I believe with my heart, Jesus, that you died in my place and you took my punishment on you so that I might be, might be saved. That my name might be written in the book of life. 
I declare today that Jesus, you are my Lord. And I believe in you. That you died and rose again. That you are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. Thank you for saving me now. Thank you for writing my name in your book of life. Thank you that from today on, I can be called child of God. Just keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. If that's the first time you've prayed something like that, would you just look at me? Just look at me. You know, I'm not going to ask you to stand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, thank you for every single person this morning. Lord, thank you that we can come and eat from the bread of life. Thank you that you satisfy our need. We give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Go have a nice day. The photo booth will still be there available. There is coffee at the back if you would like some. And have a nice day. Bless you guys.